On this episode of the SSI Executive Conversations podcast, Darwin meets with Brenda Vesey, founder of Monarch Strategic HR Consulting. Brenda is an expert in her field and shares some insight with Darwin on some of the challenges of leading through change and uncertainty, how to develop a plan of action, and keys to executive communication. Well, I am extremely excited today to uh, welcome Brenda Vesey onto the SSI Executive Conversations podcast. Uh, Brenda has an incredible background in HR, uh, you know, human resources from an executive standpoint, trusted advisor. She's a certified coach and, and really a strategic business partner. She's got a very unique combination of experience in large publicly traded organizations, but also smaller companies and private equity firms. And that's across multiple industries, pharmaceutical, financial services, and also the retail industry. Uh, she leverages a wide variety of experience over 20 years of corporate leadership, uh, has a strong reputation for delivering strategies and solutions with operational excellence of, of top of mind. So um, really in terms of aligning the HR disciplines of the business unit across the, you know, for strategy across the entirety of the organization, um, and building deep, trusting relationships with the board of the directors, the executives and business partners, um, and really advising throughout the organization on culture, transformation, risk, communication, and overall strategy. So it, it would take the whole podcast probably to go over some of uh, your unique uh, accomplishments. But what I'd like to do is highlight, you know, helping organizations excel during disruption financial turnarounds, uh, real strong background in mergers and acquisition oversight and integration, uh, implementing company-wide programs, and then I think leading through the challenges of a global pandemic kind of speaks for itself. So uh, thank you so much for being on here to share your experience and insights with our following, Brenda. Thank you, Darwin. Thanks for the introduction. That sounds, uh, you, you, you were wonderful. <laughs> thank you. You are very welcome. Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation. And why don't we maybe start? I mean, obviously, you know, the last thing I mentioned in terms of the accomplishments, the, the pandemic certainly been the most disruptive event of, of my lifetime. And um, so maybe one of the first questions we could kind of touch on is what do you think is one of the most important aspects for an organization to consider during times of change, period? Yeah, I, I, the pandemic is certainly still kind of a very, very recent and, and um, scar or, or, or whatever you want to think about it as. But I think when I really peeled away the onion and, and tried to deal with this very unknown situation in managing the pandemic, I realized it had a lot of similarity to anything else that's disruptive. Yes. Right? We've all been disrupted in our lives in different ways. And so once we got once we got through that, you could really think about, you know, what's the common thread that helps people deal with very disruptive times? And I think in organizations, you know, even in families, but certainly in business organizations, communication is the key. Absolutely. Um, and the breakdown of communication is is very problematic and, and, and creates fear and uncertainty where perhaps we could avoid that by just communicating openly. So I think the key to successful change or dealing with, you know, changing times and difficult situations is communicating clearly, communicating often, recognizing that people process information differently and process yes. change differently. So in particular for leaders to have the patience to communicate and communicate and communicate again yeah. um, and not get frustrated or avoid getting frustrated when people don't get it, so to speak, because they're all getting it at a different pace. No, I think that's great 
that's great advice. And um, you were talking, kind of defining the the pandemic. I think of it as the pandemic pandemic hangover right mm-hmm. now because it's like, you know, we're not certainly not at the front or the middle, but it's still, you know, we still deal with aspects of it um, in different parts of our, our life, depending on where we're at too, in different degrees. Um, sure. One of the things you just talked about, I don't know. This is kind of a side note, but have you heard of the book called The Relationship Cure? I have not, but it sounds I, like something I might want to read. I'll tell you, I it is a book that I always bring up to, to my team, but I probably first read that maybe 15, 16 years ago. And the book is really more about uh, marital relationships, but it applies to so much more. And it's really about how you communicate and how you hear people and acknowledge that. Um, so inter- interesting side note, but I think based on what you were just talking about, you would, you would appreciate that book. Yeah. So Brenda, along, along that line of thoughts, what, what are some of the key things that you would suggest leaders cover in their communication to their teams? You know, for me, what really rises to the surface and that is the, is the why, um, why is this happening? Why are we implementing the change? I mean, I've put the pandemic aside, right? No, no one initiated that. Um, but it could be any type of change. It could be a merger and acquisition. It could be a divestiture. It could be, you know, layoffs. It could be positive change. It could be growth, right. could be leadership change. There's many, many different types of changes. But I think what people really need to hear is, well, why are you doing this? Why, why are you even, you know, I liked it the way it was. <laughs> Yes. Why are you making life different? Why are you making this business different? And what does it mean for me? So I think leaders first, and and, and sometimes it's hard to really articulate the why. Um, and so I think yeah. leaders have to rely on some trusted advisors to really make sure that they're clear on their message and, and the reason for the change before they implement the change. So what's the rationale? Why are we doing this? What can you expect as a result of this change? I mean, hopefully it's always in a positive, a more positive end result. And how can you help people and and employees in particular really process that vision for themselves and help get them across that change curve? No, I think that's, uh, and when you think about, um, you just said the why, like, why are we doing this change? Or what's the reasoning behind it? I think from an extreme ownership standpoint, that's, really important but even in terms of hiring practices that's one thing that we talk about through the interview process they really need to understand the mission statement and the why Mm -hmm. of the company as a part of it and and it's sort of being lived through that process um i went through five mergers and acquisitions in 12 years in corporate america which uh seems like a lot but i think that one of the things that you said that kind of resonated me to me too is that oftentimes not just sharing the why something's happening, but the areas that they're uncertain about maybe, because mm-hmm. uh, one of my, the last scenarios that I was a part of, there was a person that had been to the company 26 years and he called me up and was like, what the heck? Like I've been here all this time. Like, what do we, what should we expect? And my response was, well, look, you focus on the things you can control mm-hmm. because there's so much you can't control. And there's going to be several things that they're going to tell us that will not end up being being accurate, but they're not lying. They just don't know. Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes with change, being clear that you don't know everything and that there is some uncertainty, I think people appreciate that transparency. I don't, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Absolutely. That's an excellent point, right? They, you know, uh, often we look to the leaders and trust that they know it all. And I think a very courageous and um, strong leader admits that they don't, right? So yeah. say what you know, say what you don't know, um, say what you can share later on. Perhaps perhaps you know something and you can't share it, but just be honest. I think people want to be treated maturely 
and respectfully. And if you don't know the answers, say so and, and follow up when you do. I th- that's so, that is so true. And, and then the other thing is, is if you're not that way, I think people, you know, people sense that people mm-hmm. kind of smell it out and your credibility, you, it's hard to get that back. Right. Mm-hmm. I always say every time you interact, you gain credibility, you lose it. So if you're not transparent and that becomes apparent later, that's going to affect your ability to lead as well. Um, on that note, there are a lot of challenges with miscommunication. So what, what would you, what would you point to as the biggest challenges that can occur when you don't have enough communication or lack thereof? Uh, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. (laughs) Um, I I think, you know, people are, 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 probably first shy. It's a bit like working through a grief process, right? Because something has changed and your world or your paradigm has changed and people get quickly to the point where they want to hear more information. Maybe they're in denial, but then they kind of move on and want to hear more information. And in the absence of communicating information from the top, um, people will make up potentially worst case scenario. Uh, They'll let their fears get over, you know, overtake them. And they'll, if no one's speaking to them, they'll speak to each other. And then you kind of lose control of the message. So I think that the miscommunication or lack of communication leads to unnecessary fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And then there's a whole lot of um, recovery and repair to do. And it takes the energy away from the change that you were trying to get people to focus on in the first place. That is so smart, and I don't care the size of the organization. If there's a void in communication, whether it's a challenge or a new implementation, people will have a tendency to go spend that energy elsewhere or Mm -hmm. go to people that can't solve their problems, which creates wasted energy, wasted time, and takes longer to fix if if you're able to fix it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that, that, thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great perspective. Um, Okay. So what action plan do you feel that leaders need to take when they consider changes in the environment or the organization and how they should look at uh, putting that plan together and from an implementation standpoint? Yeah, a couple things. Um, I think, you know, don't wing it. <laughs> don't don't wing it and also don't ignore it. You know, those, those, are, those are two probably uh, insurmountable errors to overcome. Um, but really, surround yourself with some trusted advisors, some people that you trust in the organization. If you don't have that, perhaps, or it's too confidential, work with somebody outside the organization, just to really make you think, help you think, and help you formulate a plan. Or what are all the different audiences that you need to communicate to? What are the messages that you need to share? How do you need to deliver them with sensitivity and respect or, or excitement, yeah. right? Some, I'm focusing on sometimes the, the the really challenging changes. Sometimes it's growth and it's really wonderful news and it still needs to be delivered respectfully. So, you know, enlist, enlist trusted partners to help you formulate a plan and then execute against that plan. Um, remember that leaders had more time to process the information and, and get through the change yeah. curve and the people that they're communicating to. So they right. have to remember to kind of go back and put themselves in the shoes that they were in when they first heard about the change yeah. and meet people where they need to be met as much as possible and ask for questions, ask for feedback. Don't be afraid to be questioned. It means people are listening to what you're saying and taking it in and processing it, which is, is what you want in terms of engagement. And then if the plans need to change and, and evolve, then so be it, you know, be be courageous and open enough to evolve with how your audience is reacting to the change. Uh, that is so smart. And uh, so many different things went through my mind as you were talking about that. And even like in my own 
personal growth is, you know, you're juggling so many different things, but it, it's so true. You have to, if you've already known something for a little while and you're dealing with it, you're dealing with multiple things, you've got to be cognizant that the people that you're sharing the message with are just now hearing it and mm -hmm. give them the grace and the time to, to process it and get it up to speed to kind of where you're at. So I think that's really smart. It, what, so I know that you've been through multiple mergers and acquisitions, and then I think you've been doing some work like that too, since you started to do consulting. So this is just kind of a, a side thought, but maybe you could, is there a different approach or a different process that you should think about when you're looking at mergers and acquisitions? I think there, depending on the nature of the company, if they're publicly traded or privately traded, the the, the messages always get out there, right? So right. remember that what you say internally will eventually get out there and remember right. what is said externally will eventually find its way in. So really syncing up and harmonizing the messages builds credibility. Right. Um, it all catches up in the end. Um, so I think that's important. And in mergers and acquisitions, there's typically a winner and a loser in terms of the organization who's acquiring and be respectful of tradition of both organizations. If it's possible to, to kind of cherry pick and bring the best of both cultures, acknowledge that you're trying to do that so that no one really feel no one group in particular feels terribly disenfranchised. Yeah. And I think in the world that we live in, people are, it's, you know, you talked about your own experience, how many you've been through five and, and seven, seven and 12 years or yeah. <laughs> um, and similar with me, people are not that they'll ever be used to it, but they're more familiar with it. If it hasn't happened to them, it's happened to someone that they know. So right. I think you can start from a, a more honest position and just communicate to people like adults. When I think the people that are going to be more receptive to that, I mean, there are a certain amount of a uh, certain percentage of people that really doesn't matter what's going to happen that don't like change and, and they're probably going to leave that I think, mm -hmm. you know, from, and then there's a whole group of people that wouldn't leave. There's a smaller group of people that wouldn't leave no matter what happens, but there's that, that center group that they want to know what's going on. They want to understand the situation and we'll give it a chance. And so that communication, um, I always thought it was interesting because there's a couple of those I went through that companies bought companies for a certain value prop and thing that they did well in the marketplace. And then they kind of, through the process of integration, like basically in a sense, maybe not destroyed, but greatly hurt what it mm -hmm. was they were buying. Mm -hmm. So it's also interesting as companies look at that. I think the ones that take their time integrating and don't just come in and totally disrupt that culture, from my experience, tend to do maybe a little bit better job with that piece of it. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think, you know, you, you triggered a thought in my mind, which is the very important part of communication is also listening and, and really hearing. And I think that's what comes out in integration, right? That's when you actually kind of peel away or, or remove the tent and that, that a few people were under and make it much more open and allow yeah. people to have input. Uh, and so listening and hearing, I think, are, you know, equally important. What do they say? It's why we have two ears and, and one mouth. <laughs> and one mouth. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, there was one other thing I was thinking of before I, I go into this this last question. But, you know, you mentioned that the executive, you know, having good advisors. And I say this all the time. I mean, everybody needs a mentor. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that, you know, I don't ever want to arrive. I think, you know, I'm very grateful for our advisory board and the direction and support that they give us. I had uh, one of the CEOs on the podcast I listened to, a really uh, amazing individual in this last podcast. He was talking about having a personal advisory board along with the company advisory board, which I'd never really thought of it that way. And I'm like, okay, 
I obviously need that too. But mm -hmm. um, I think, you know, you talking about that made me think about mentorship and how, you know, if you have an executive that's not getting any mentorship, that that's probably not a good thing, I would think. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And it can come from any place. I'm, I'm smiling as you're, as you're speaking, because I think I, I have children and sometimes my killed, my children are the best advisors because they're honest. Right. <laughs> yes. And, and honesty is, is what you want from an advisor. Oh, absolutely. Because you want to have people, you don't want to be in an echo chamber. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have people around you that tell you only what you want to hear because you don't get any, you're not going to get any better. Mm -hmm. uh, if you just have people tell you what you want to hear, or agree with you. Um, mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what do you see as some of the biggest challenges that leaders face during times of uncertainty or things that maybe they should think about that they don't when things are more certain? I think, you know, thinking through a couple of scenarios, I think leaders, as much as they're in a position of advantage where they know about the change before others do, and so they've had more time to process it, that's that's sort of a plus for them. Um, the disadvantage is knowing that and walking around with that internally before they can share it. So I think they have to look at their, at their own personal well-being, too, and um, make sure that they not only have an advisor who's helping them strategically, but someone who's making sure they're taking care of themselves. Yes. Um, it's a heavy burden to be responsible for whatever change is being implemented. Um, it's it's a heavy burden to have to do all of the change management plus your day job. Um, and I think just making sure that they're putting the oxygen mask on themselves. I think the better that they can take care of themselves, the better they'll show up for others. That is that's that's really smart. Um, and when you think about everything that goes into trying to 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 lead a company in these companies that are they have, in a sense, they have all these different people that the direction of the company and, and their families depend on what that looks like in terms of benefits mm -hmm. and pay and, and future. So sometimes it's, it's uh, easy to forget that you got to take care of yourself mm -hmm. um, and make sure that you're at an, in an optimal place mentally and physically so that you can execute on the things that you need to do to, so that the company's healthy. Mm -hmm. I think that's right. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. I think this has been a great conversation and a really important conversation uh, because HR is so important to, I think, the overall health of, of a company, the communication and processes and how there's just so many aspects to it. But I really appreciate you coming on and sharing your experience and insights. I'd love to do it again in the future. Oh, thanks. It was my pleasure, Darwin. Thank you for having me and for all your wonderful questions. Awesome. Thanks, Brenda. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. For the video recording of this podcast, along with additional resources, make sure to find us on the web at SureGSolutions.com or follow us on social media and LinkedIn at Shurig Solutions.